Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me tonight to Ecclesiastes. That's in the Old Testament, in case you didn't know. Ecclesiastes 3. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Like I said, I think we're probably going to make this a two-parter, which is unusual for me. Hallelujah. Let's just read the first few verses. Hallelujah. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, which Kendra and Carol, that's not now. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to loose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. My, would we not all do well to remember that one. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. So tonight what we're going to be talking about is seasons. Hallelujah. And, you know, our lives are full of seasons. Actually, to tell you the honest and goodness truth, I had the core of this message at our last ladies' conference, and I never got to it. You know, that's just the way the Holy Ghost moved back during then. And so it's, uh, it's morphed and it's changed from what I had, you know, had written down you know, for those uh, times. And so uh, it's, it's taken on a whole new direction. And uh, so tonight we're just going to talk, be talking about seasons. And, you know, our lives, we are people because we're human. Our lives are full of seasons. You know, whether they're natural or whether they're spiritual, we find ourselves in, in seasons and changing seasons all the time. There's different stages of our lives we refer to as seasons. You know, there's our, our the seasons, our childbearing years and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and um, you know, there are some seasons that we go through that we'll never repeat. Thank you, Jesus. I will never be a teenager again. You know, that was a season I'm just assuming just leave behind. You know, you'll never repeat your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, you know, depending on where you're at right now. You're never going to repeat. Those are things you're never going to repeat. But there are things in our lives that that do kind of come and go. Um, You know, with every child added to a family, it's it's a new season. You know, it's one thing to have one child. It's very different when you add a second one. Then when you add the third one, according to my son, it's chaos. (laughs) And from what people have told me, if you add four, then it all calms down again. I don't know how that works. You know, but, but, you know, there are things that, you know, there's always changing seasons in our lives, you know, and um, there are some that are pleasant, they're wonderful, you know, I, as a single person, you know, you have a season, when you get married, it's a brand new season, very pleasant, should be, then there are some things that, that may not be so pleasant, um, you know, you can, you can come up with a number of things that maybe that wasn't the best season of my life, you know, I you know, I, for me, you know, I never intended to get married as young as I did and, and suddenly get thrust into the season of adulthood, you know, but I wouldn't go back and change that. Now, I don't want to go back and repeat that. But it, it, took, me, it took me off course from what I thought I was going to be doing with my life. 
But, you know, that's okay. God's, God's already got a plan in place, and he knows how to work the plan. And so there, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm not careful. But, you know, some seasons are short in our lives, in our daily lives, and some are long. You know, when you become a mother, you are a mother for life. It never changes. I mean, this is, this is it. I am a mom. My children would rather I forget sometimes that I am a mom because I hear this little every so often, you sound like a mother. I'm going, I am your mother. You know, that's not going to change. You know, and, you know, because I, I do tend to, to, in fact, as I was just telling my oldest the other day, you know, uh, that I would be, he, would, he would make his mother very happy if he would get more rest. You know, instead of the kind of hours he he, he usually keeps, and uh, you know, so he just like shakes his head at me. I can I can I can see that head shaking over the phone. You know, ah, oh, there she goes again. You know, kind of a thing. So there are some things that just won't ever change. You know, they're they're permanent seasons, and and that's just that's just how it is. Um, there are some things we may repeat in our lives. You know, just because we we go through, and you know what? There's some aspects of seasons that can be. You can, rec- you, can, you can see that will happen in every season. You know, and you find yourself in a season, there are some things that happen inside that season. Number one, you recognize that you're in a, this particular season. Number two, you embrace the fact that you're in this season. Don't kick against. I mean, this is where you are. You know, deal with it. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, or ugly, you know, just, just embrace it. This is, this, is, this is where I'm at at the moment. Then you need to establish yourself in that season. And lastly, be willing to move on from that season. Because we are constantly in change mode, constantly. You know, I, uh, I went back and I was looking and, um, at some different things through the Bible. And, and I, I see some things, you know, that are in our lives. Let's just move on spiritually to spiritually speaking that, that uh, we, can, we can embrace these things or we can fight against it. Some things, you know, uh, we find ourselves in seasons that God has ordained. Some things we have put ourselves in a place where it's a season that maybe uh, is a result of, of bad choices, you know. And because of that, you know, again, we need to recognize it. We need to embrace it by saying, okay, this is where I'm at. You know, this is the, I'm going to have to do something about this. Establish whatever we need to establish it and then be prepared to move on. Uh, you know, even in our daily lives, just natural lives, things can change all of a sudden. You know, maybe, maybe a job situation changes. Maybe a, a family or relationship situation suddenly changes. You know, there are times you find yourself in a season that you didn't initiate, you didn't ask for, you didn't want, but because of something that either happened to someone or someone else's choices causes you to find yourself in a different season. You know, and some of those are not necessarily pleasant places. You know, you, you look at, at how lives can change overnight. And there was a young man here and that uh, everybody around here seemed to have known uh, pretty well, at least younger people did, that was killed in an, an automobile accident last week or was hit by a car last week in, uh, I think, in Tampa, the Tampa area, that grew up around here that everybody knew. And, uh, you know, suddenly... Obviously, he's in a new season. You know, from what I understand, he was born again. So his season is now he's in heaven. But the season for his family changed all of a sudden. You know, there are times and situations in our lives where there are sudden changes that, that say, 
I mean, you just look at it and go, that, that part of my life is over. Now I've got, to look for, I've, got to, I've got to figure out what to do in the place that I find myself now. You know, and th- so there are times, you know, financial reversals. Um, you know, you can think of any number of things, you know, that, that were, are, are all of a sudden things that may or may not be of, of, of something that has anything to do with you. You didn't make those choices. You didn't initiate that. You weren't ready for that. You didn't ask for that. You know, but there's still a God. There's still a God. That who is going to watch after you and look for you. I go back to Joseph, you know, and, and, um, and I see he didn't ask for what happened to him. Now, was he wise in telling his brothers what he told them, that you're going to bow down to me and, and this kind of, No, that was probably stupid, to be put it very bluntly. But he didn't choose to be put in a pit. He didn't choose to be sold into slavery. He didn't choose to be bought by Potiphar. But what he did when he got to Potiphar's house was he recognized, I'm in a new place. And he said, all right, okay, this is where I'm at. Okay, I'm going to do something about it. And what did he do? He set himself in a place where he began to excel. I never see, I went back and I looked, I never see, and I am a little ahead of myself because I'm going to come back to Joseph in a little bit, but I never see in the story of Joseph, in the account of Joseph, where he ever said or did anything once he found himself sold into slavery that ever compromised his faithfulness or his integrity to God. Never. Obviously, he learned a good lesson, you know, with his brothers. You know, that there are some things maybe that you need to keep to yourself. But he never, ever, ever put himself in a place again where his words, his actions would cause him to find himself in a different place all of a sudden. And even when he's in Potiphar's house, he got to a place in Potiphar's house where he became the head of the household. He ran things. And yet someone else's choice then put him in prison. Again, you don't ever see anything anybody ever said, anybody ever recorded that could point to him doing anything other than living a life of integrity and a life of faithfulness. And as time went on, he found himself in charge of the jail. I mean, he was, he was in the prison, you know, and, and God helped put him in a place of authority there. And then he got out of prison. And before you know it, he's, he's turned things around. And now he's second only to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. I'm telling you what, those were some seasons that were not of his making, not of his choice. Someone else's choice has put him in those places. And yet he remained faithful to God. His integrity remained intact. You know, I see the Apostle Paul. He spent 16 years from the time God talked to him on the road to Damascus to the time he fully entered into his ministry. 16 years. That's a long season. And yet, if I know the Apostle Paul at all, if I, from his readings, you, 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 you kind of know what kind of a man he was. You have to see where he embraced the season he was in and he established himself in some things during that season 
Can you imagine? I, I looked at that and thought, 16 years, my, that's a long time. But you know what? God had a big revelation to put in him. He had a big revelation that he needed Paul to completely and fully understand so that he could, he could communicate it to the body of Christ. And so did it take 16 years? I can't imagine the, the Apostle Paul ever ever let down his guard once during that time and just said, well, I think I'll coast for a while. You know, I think I'll just kind of, I think his heart was so much toward God. It had such a huge impact on him, that encounter on the road to Damascus, that he didn't care how long it took, just so long as God was with him and God was talking to him and God was using him and God was speaking to him and, and God was showing him things and revealing things to him and that he could be a blessing to someone else. 16 years. 16 years. Hallelujah. You know, every season we can embrace or we can fight against it. You know, I, I know that there are some things, some seasons that are just ordained of God and some that are necessary, you know, to our future to go, to go into that don't seem like it's as, as all that, is doing all that much in our lives that somehow this is just like, this is not where I want to be. This is not what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. I just do it. You can, you can get really unhappy. I remember, and I think I've told you this story before, when the church was fairly young and, and, and there was not that much money coming into the house because there was just not that many people in church. Um, there was no finances here to, to give us a, uh, much of a salary. And I, I went out looking for a job. And, um, and I decided to clean houses because... I could set my own schedule that way. You know, I could work around, you know, things at the church a lot easier that way. And I found myself one day vacuuming somebody else's floor, making somebody else's bed, scrubbing somebody else's tub, washing somebody else's dishes. And I was just in tears. I'm just crying and crying and going, Lord, what, when, why? Why do I have to do this? This is not what I want to be doing. And he said, it's just a season. It's just a season. You know, when I finally got a hold of that, it was like, oh, okay. It's temporary. And see, seasons can be temporary. If you're in a place where it just, I mean, it just doesn't feel good. I mean, it just, I, I, I don't like this, Lord. If you know you're, you're there because he, either he wants you there or because it's just what you have to do for now. Remember, it's temporary. Temporary. There are things you can learn. And if you don't learn them, you'll find yourself in another season like that again. See, that's, that's the beauty of it. You have an opportunity to learn, to grow. And if you don't do it, then you're going to come right back around to the same place where you're going to have to find yourself in another season where he's saying, you need to learn a lesson, this, you need to learn this, you need to learn this, you need to learn this. You know, um, sometimes it just seems hard when you're in a particular place, but it's necessary because if we're to ultimately be what, we're, what we ought to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing, then this is where we are for now. This is where God has us for now. And though we may not like it, you have to look around and say, God, show me, show me what I need to, to see in this season of my life so that I can move on. You can't move on successfully if you don't see what he's trying to show you where you are now. And so you have to understand that no season you find yourself in is trivial or unimportant. 
He's got new things for you. And, you know, just for me personally, new things can be a challenge because I like to do things a certain way. I like to do them well. I like to know what I'm doing. I, you know, when we went to Ramah, the season that we were there for was pastor was going to go to school and be Mr. Mom, and I was going to work. And I haven't worked in five years. I haven't touched an X-ray film in five years. And suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm in this doctor's office, and, and they're expecting me to do these X-rays. And the Lord, I'm going, Lord, help me, help me, help me. It was so uncomfortable. But before that season was over, I loved my job. They loved me. I was doing it well, had added things, you know, to my repertoire of what I could do in a doctor's office. I mean, it was wonderful. But it didn't start out that way. You know, there are some seasons that are going to be so uncomfortable to you then it just seems like this has got to be wrong. This is not right. But you know what? If you'll take it time to learn and to grow in that, you'll come out of it just thanking God for that season. You know, even in times like, like Kendra and Carol are going through, this is a season. It's temporary. And what, you have to be re, just, just convinced that at the end of this season, you're going to be so much bigger, so much stronger spiritually than you were when you went into it, and the devil's going to wish he had never tried it. You messed with the long, wrong person this time. That's what he needs to know. You know, so there are times when, you, you know, you just, you, just, you just find yourself in a place where it's just God, God. God help me. God show me. So with some kind of seasons we're going to talk about here is a, there's growing time. I, I, I saw this, and, and, you know, every season is growing time. No matter what season you find yourself in, it's growing time. Because if you don't grow, then God can't give you more to do. My children, if they hadn't grown, I could not have given them more responsibility. I could not have said, okay, now you can do this. Now you can do this. Would I have let my five-year-old drive the car? No. I didn't even want to let my 16-year-old drive the car. But, you know, he was, they were old enough by that time that it was appropriate for them to learn how to drive. It was not appropriate when they were five. You see, God wants us to grow. Every season is a growth opportunity. Listen. A lot of times, our growing season means this. It means moving worldly things out so that spiritual things can move in. Let me say that again. For some of us, during this growing time, it means moving worldly things out so spiritual things can move in. You know, we look at talk about growing time, and growing time can be just, you know, an increased knowledge of the Word, uh, and an increased um, just uh, relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, learning to listen to our spirits more accurately, more keenly, more, more quickly. And there are, then there are times when growing season means getting rid of some things, letting some things fall by the wayside, taking a long look at our lives and, and seeing what what's not healthy for us spiritually, seeing what's not right for us spiritually. Um, and it might be, some of those things would be common to everyone. Some of those things would be unique to you. Is this something that you have an issue with? Then you need to grow in that area. You need to start moving that worldly stuff out so that the Spirit of God and His, and his things can move into those areas. 
You know, and it's not just, sometimes it's based on, on, on just a knowledge of the word. Sometimes it's based on, on habits. Sometimes, you know, you need to get out of those habits. Sometimes you just need to, to uh, change some personality traits. Listen, I know everybody says, well, this is my personality, as though that gives you a pass from not doing something about it. It does not. If it interferes with you doing what God has asked you to do, you need to change it. Just because I'm, I'm uh, shy and an introvert does not mean that I can use that as an excuse not to do what God asked me to do. Just because I, have a, I was born with a temper, I'm Irish, does not mean you get a pass in the, in the love walk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't. Your personality can be conformed to the image of God. Your personality must be conformed to the image of God. And that is something, some, something that will happen during a growing time. You know, every aspect of our lives, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, part of a growing season. And every season you find yourself in should have an aspect of growing in those areas involved in it. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, Every one of them. Then there's a proving time. There are seasons of our lives that that's just it's just it's a proving time. And we go back to Joseph. The years that Joseph spent in Egypt, he proved himself over and over and over and over and over and over. I can tell you that. All of us need to prove ourselves. God's looking for faithful people. He's looking for people who will not compromise. He's looking for people who will stand in integrity. Listen, if we don't stand in this world in the, in the, in the way things are today, who will? If the church buckles before this world and the onslaught that we see in the society that we live in, what hope is left? But if God is coming back, if he's sending Jesus back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or blemish, that tells me that there is a church here on this earth today that will not bow its knee to this world. Do you want to be counted among those? I I tell you what, to me, that's right up there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nobody is threatening to throw you into a fiery furnace now, are they? So when somebody gives you a hard time at work just because of a Christian stand, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just because somebody's not nice to me and they're mean to me and they're hateful to me and they try to, try to backstab me on the job, nobody's throwing you into a furnace now, are they? Put it all in perspective. But God is looking for faithful people. He's looking for people who will stand in the face of opposition. And be true to what the word of God says. Then there's a season that's learning time. You know, there's so much to learn just if you just, just spend time in the Bible all the time. There's so much to learn everywhere you turn. There's so much to incorporate into our daily lives. How to do it. You know, it comes down to experience. God wants you to experience some things. And he wants you to get some experience. He wants you to experience his goodness 
and his grace and his mercy and his provision and his protection. He wants you to learn from all these things. He wants you to learn what it's like to be part of the body of Christ, what it's like to be part of the body that he's put you in in a local church. He wants you to experience. He wants you to learn some things. You know, I know when Pastor, Pastor Ike, you know, came to work for us years ago, you know, you know, he'd been to Ramah, he, he'd come home, and, and he was working, you know, a secular job, and, and then uh, I think John had left to go to Ramah, and uh, I said, we said, now, now I, we, we don't have a ministry position for you, but we do have a secretary's job for you. And he said, okay, I'll take it. He said, but just can, I, can you call me like an administrative assistant maybe instead of secretary? And I went, okay. I said, see, the, the, the whole thing here is there's nothing you're, you're going to do in that office that you don't need to learn. See, God will put you in places and in seasons where you need to act to learn some natural things that can be a blessing to the body of Christ, be a blessing to your walk with him. And so Pastor Ike, he came to work for us. He was our administrative assistant, you know, for a long time, you know, and, and we did all kinds of stuff. And, and slowly but surely, you know, we, we added, you know, to, to his, his duties to let him preach once in a while. And I don't know how many of you were here when he first started. We get through and we go, does anybody figure out, can anybody figure out what it was he was talking about? You know, but of course, the more experience he got, the better he got. You know, and so no successful minister, no successful Christian will ever get anywhere and be successful without experience. You know, you need to experience some things. Just learn some natural things, learn some spiritual things, and then put them to work. So there's a learning time. Then there, there's sewing times. You ever find yourself in a, let's just talk finances here, a sewing time. You know, God's, God's setting me. He's got me in a place where he's telling me to give this and give this and give this and give this. Anybody ever found themselves in a time of just sowing? Listen, God is setting you up for a season of harvest. He's setting you up for a time of reaping. Isn't that what Galatians says? That if in due season you will reap if you do not faint. Listen, when God starts talking to you about sowing, know that he's talking to you for a reason. Pastor and I found ourselves this, this year so far in a real sowing time. You know, when it's, it's uh, we're looking forward to what God's got for us. We're looking forward to, to the reason for why we, we've been sowing. And I know some of it. I may not know all of it, but I know there's some reason why he's been asking us to sow the kind of things we've been sowing. And so, you know, if God's talking to you, if you find yourself in that season of sowing, then thank him. Hallelujah. Be grateful. Don't run from it. Run toward it. And thank God that he is setting me up for a blessing. There's something coming my way that is more than I could even dream of. Whatever he tells you, there are seasons where you sow into other people there are all kinds of ways to sow. I look back on the days when we were, we were paying the building off, and especially that last year. My heavens, what, what a year it was, 2012, when pastor came to us early in the year and he said, you know, God's put it on my heart that we, we need to pay this church off this year. Not, not wait, but this year. You know, all along from the day we moved into this building, you know, we kept saying that we're going to pay this building off early. We're going to pay this building off early, didn't we, Doug? We're going to pay this building off early. And suddenly in 2012, it was like, this is the year. 
This is the year to get it paid off. And supernaturally, everybody got involved in paying the building off. And at the end of that year, I looked around and, and I looked at the people who had moved to different houses and the people who'd, who had gotten different cars and, and different jobs and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, a season of sowing brought a season of reaping. You know, don't, don't get upset with God when he starts talking to you about sowing. Don't get upset with him. Just go, now, don't you know I've got this project and this project and this project? See, now I can do that. I can, I, can, I, can, I can be guilty of that. Now, now Lord, now, now wait a minute now, Lord. Now you, now, you know this is what's on my agenda. You know this is what's on my timetable. You know this is what's on my list. Well, he's not concerned with my list. The fact is, he's more, he's, more, he's more apt to make sure my list comes to pass if I don't start talking to him about my list when he starts talking to me about, giving, about sowing. Same thing is true for you. You know, so if, you know, God wants you to reap he will tell you to sow first. He, if he tells you to sow into other people's lives just by spending time with them, just by, by helping them, you know, whatever it is. You know, he, will, he will return that to you, you know, in ways that you can't imagine. There will be a time where you might need somebody to sow into your life. And because you have already sown, you can ex- expect a big harvest to come from that. Then there's, and this, this is something I understood, then there's a, some, some seasons you find yourself in that are separation times. Now, for me personally, I can tell you that when we went off to Ramah, I had no intentions of going to Bible school at all. We were just going to go out there. We were going to come home. He was going to do whatever he was going to do. You know, I'm not really a part of this. But I look back at that as a time of separation. Now, you think, well, what is that? What do you mean by that? I had such a tie to my family, to my parents, because I had never lived away from them, that, that I needed God to separate me from my parents and my family for a while. And being out there in Tulsa for 10 months did exactly that. It, it produced a lot of things in me, but one of the things it did was it caused me to separate myself from family, from an undue attachment there will be times when God's going to want you to separate yourself from some things and maybe from some people because we have an undue attachment to those things or to those people. You know, you can't, you can't really go on in the things of God, which is something we found out years ago when Pastor got back into fellowship with the Lord. Uh, you know, he'd been hanging around a lot of people that, you know, were not a good influence. And after he got back in fellowship with the Lord, he found himself with not many friends anymore. He found out he could not maintain that relationship with them anymore. He had to separate himself from those people. You know, you, whatever God asks you to do is because he wants, he's got your best interest in mind. And, you know, there are times, I mean, I look back and, and uh, I know PG and Amy, when they left to go to Ramah, it was a good thing for them to go out there. They were there for two years. They came back. They were in Jacksonville for three before they came back home, you know, to work with us. And it was a good time of separation from them from this church. Now you think, well, that's a terrible thing to say. No, it's a good thing to say. PG was raised in this church. Some of you knew him from the time he was a little guy. You needed him to be separated from you so that you could see him for the man of God that he was going to be and not as little Greg. He needed that. So I see lots of, lots of times where God wants you to separate yourself for a season 
from a particular place, a particular group of people, or whatever, for a reason. You may or you may not be able to come back to those people at a later time. But if God separates you from somebody or from something, it's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. And it might be even for their benefit. See, I think the church as a whole benefited from the fact that that Pastor Greg was gone for five years so that you could look at him differently when he came back. And you could just look at him and see, okay, there's an anointing on him. There's a pastoral gift on him. You know, you could see that instead of thinking of like like the, you know, crazy person he was when he was a teenager. You know, those things, we can leave those behind and just go on. So there's separation time. These are just things God, you know, talked to me about. Uh, Then there's seasons where I would call it standing time. There are times we're just going to find ourselves in a season of just doing nothing but standing. You know, and you think, how much standing do I have to do? It seems like it's hitting me from all sides. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. Listen, when you have the Word of God and you know what you're believing and you know what God has told you, you stand. doesn't matter how long it takes. This is a season of standing. I will see this thing through to the very end, and the very end will be better than the beginning. It's a time of just standing. You know, too often we get in, in a hurry, just like I did the day I stood in that lady's house and cried because I was having to scrub her tub. It's just a season. It's just a season. It's just a season. It's just a season. Hallelujah. And you know what? If you get past the time frames, you can stand a whole lot easier. Just put the, the time frame out of your mind entirely and, and forget it. And just say, I'm going to stand until Jesus comes back. That's my time frame. That's it. Jesus shows up. The trumpet sounds. We're done. I don't have to stand anymore. But stop looking at it as I have to have the answer next week. I have to have the answer next month. I have to have the answer by the end of the year. Just say, I'm standing until it comes. I know, I know what I'm basing it on. I know what, that God is faithful. I'm standing. Period. End of sentence. That's all she wrote. No more. Stand. Now, if you don't think that that's hard to do, you try it. The devil will try his best to knock you off your stand. But you better be prepared to say, no, I'm glued to this place. I am glued. I am glued. I'm nailed down. This is where I am. I will stay right here. Amen. There are times when God puts you in a season where you just need to settle down. I call it settling time. Because some Christians have got a a case of spiritual ADD. They can't keep their attention focused long enough on any one thing for God to use them for anything. And they just want to run here, run here, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. No, settle down. Just settle down. Now, this circulated around the Internet on Facebook last year quite a bit. And so I thought, man, this was, this was pretty good. So I wrote it. I've got, a, I've got a place in my notes that's just for quotations. And I, and I wrote this in there. So today I went looking for it. And it was called Destination Addiction. A preoccupation with the idea that happiness is in the next place, the next job, or with the next partner. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. You know, I know ministers who don't want to stay put long enough to make a difference for anybody. They just want to flip from place to place. Okay, well, I, you know, I, I'm here for a year. Listen, 
if, if God calls a, calls a minister to be a pastor, it's usually not for just a real temporary time. You know, a, a church, we found out over the years, will be no more committed to you than you are to them. And, and sometimes people just need to settle down. Stop thinking the grass is greener somewhere else. Stop thinking that the answer lies in the next job or the next girlfriend, the next boyfriend, the next this, the next that, the next other, a different church. You know, we call them, you know, we, we've laughingly called people cruisomatics over the years instead of charismatics because they go from church to church to church to church because they're happy there for six months and after six months they find out the people are just people so they move on. Or they go to the next one, they go, well, they don't, you know, they won't let me do this, so they move on. And, you know, there are, there's just seasons where you're just going to find yourself in a place where God's not going to do anything to you till you settle down. Just settle down. Hallelujah. And then there's a transition time. There are times in our lives that we will find ourselves in transition. And it won't always feel the most comfortable. And I'm going to get ahead of myself again if I'm not careful. But I kind of liken this sometimes to, I, I, I've told people this over the years, that parenting is, is, is not, you know, for the faint of heart. With the help of God, you can successfully raise a child. And I have come to the conclusion, though, that the most difficult time of parenting I have discovered is that transition into adulthood. Because there's a constant striving, you know. It's a, it's a place that as a parent I had never been before. You know, up until then, I'm the mother. This is what we do. This is how we do it. You just say, yes, ma'am. You know, but when I got to that place where my children were transitioning into adulthood, suddenly the mother has to change. The kids are changing, but the mother has to change. And that was a difficult time. Transition is like that. There's a pulling of the old and a pulling of the new. You know, and so transition can sometimes be very uncomfortable. Sometimes it's, it's, you find yourself in a place, I really don't know what to do. It's really an uncertainty, a place where you just kind of, you feel like you're floundering. But listen, hold on. It's good. It's coming. It's, it's going to be okay. Your kids will transition into it. And you'll be fine. But anyway, there's a lot of things you can say about that, but I'm going to hold off some things till next week. Listen, there were times, I said before, you, you, you find yourself in a season that you made because of wrong choices, things that, that you missed. So don't make God the fall guy for the fact that you might be in the wrong place. Don't say, well, God's working on me. God's no, 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 no. If, if you cut yourself into it, then you just have to, you need to recognize what season you're in and embrace the fact that you got there. But with God's help, you're going to get out of it. That's the key. Once you recognize it and go, yes, sir, I take responsibility for this. Now, will you help me? He always will. Always. Um, in Proverbs 19.3, the New Living Translation. I read this in the King James, and you, don't hard, you can't hardly see it out of the regular King James. But the New Living Translation, it says, People ruin their own lives, then blame God. Hmm. Well, that's kind of putting where the rubber meets the road now, doesn't it? People ruin their own lives, then blame God. So if you find yourself in a, in a, in a bad season, don't blame God for it. The children of Israel, I tell you what, were, were 
I'm telling they were the prime examples of people who got themselves into the wrong place at the wrong time and wanted to blame God. God, who supernaturally delivered them out of the land of Egypt, brought them out and wanted them to go straight into the land of Canaan and take it over and, and just, just dwell there and be blessed. The same God, they started whining, complaining, grumbling. And so what happened? They spent a 40-year season wandering until God could bring to pass what he set out to do all along in a short amount of time. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.